Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode from Bolton eBikes, the podcast. I'm glad to have you here. I'm also always, always excited to have guests on the show. And today we've got Aaron Powell from a company called Bunch Bikes. They do something quite a bit different and unique compared to probably a lot of the bikes that I've talked about or that, you know, some of my audience and usual customers are familiar with. But it is a bike that we've, you know, been kind of researching. We've talked to other people about. So I'm really excited to hear from Aaron Powell, again, the founder of Bunch Bikes. I'm Kyle Chittock, the owner of Bolton E-Bikes, and you're listening to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. Well, thank you, Aaron, for coming on today. I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on and, and talk to people about your very unique electric cargo bikes. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. I'm, I'm always happy to, to share with new audiences uh, about a biking concept that people maybe aren't familiar with, even if they're avid bikers. So I'm always happy to share. Awesome. So I was looking uh, a little bit through the notes before we started recording here and got on the call just about some of uh, your history and, and why you started it. So why don't we just explain, or I'll have you explain for those who don't know what Bunch Bike does, why you started the company and what sort of bikes you offer. Sure. Yeah. So Bunch Bikes, we make electric family cargo bikes. Um, and the style that we make is actually a front load model. The European origination idea is basically imagine an electric bike but with a big wooden box on the front, sometimes called a box it's or cargo trikes. But it's got space up front. You could put up to four children or two big dogs or your groceries, etc. Um, it kind of is the SUV or minivan replacement of the uh, e-bike world. And you know, still a unique kind of new concept to North America, but they've been in Europe, Northern Europe for the last 40 years. And it's just now starting to catch on kind of with e-bike technology, making them better for you know, our cities, which are a little less dense and a little less flat than, say, uh, Copenhagen or Amsterdam. So oh, okay. uh, that's that, those are the bikes that we make. Yeah, those are the bikes we make. And how I originally got into biking was, you know, I mean, I biked as a kid, but, you know, when I, I went to college, I, I kind of put that away, you know, and kind of got in my adult life. I was car commuting like most people do. And I, I really was turned on initially from a, the financial aspect of, you know, I had all these student loans. And I, at the time, my wife and I were teachers. We didn't have a whole lot of income. And it's like, if I sell the car, one, I can make a big payment on my loans right away. But then I'm not paying gas. I'm not paying all the maintenance, everything. So I'm just going to get a bike for a hundred bucks on Craigslist and I'll start, you know, I'll get fit and I'll save the gym membership and I'll just start biking to work. <laughs> and I was kind of turned on to that by a financial blogger, uh, Mr. Money Mustache. I know exactly who he is. <laughs> yeah. Big advocate for biking. And he kind of has some great articles that are kind of inflammatory. And, but that's kind of his shtick is getting people <laughs> mad. And then, yeah, he likes to stir things up a little bit. Yeah, to change their behavior. And it worked for me. So that's kind of how I got into it. I was just a, a bike commuter. You know, I wasn't going on long rides in Lycra on the weekends. I was just literally just going to running my errands and riding to work on my bike. Well, that's pretty cool to hear only because I feel like a very high percentage of people that have e-bike companies have that same exact story. I'm one of them. So anyway, go ahead. It's pretty cool just to hear the similarities and, and where we've all ended up. Yeah, you know, and I think maybe that is, is because it expands your ability to continue doing that lifestyle. I can commute and get all my errands done to a point, but 
it be, starts to become a chore or more difficult if you're, you know, exceeding like six, seven, eight miles each way. It's like, I, do I really want to take the bike. I mean, I could, but with the e-bike, it's like, you know, brand new, like I'm going to do it. Right. It allows you to kind of expand your territory, I guess, which maybe not necessary if you live in New York or something, but where I live, it's like things are more spread out. I was into bikes. I got really enthusiastic just about bikes for transportation. And so we had an opportunity to take a vacation. You know, it gets really hot in Dallas where we're based uh, in the summers. Like, hey, let's go somewhere that like the weather isn't horrible, you know, for two months. And so we ended up uh, taking the summer break in Sweden and Denmark and you know, amazing weather, but it's where I saw cargo bikes for the first time. You know, I had a daughter, my daughter, she was riding on the back seat of my road bike. It was fine. We got things done, but we had another son on the way and it's going to become more difficult to ride with multiple children and continue this lifestyle. I'm not really sure how we're going to do that, but while we were over there, we yeah, saw- Yeah, how's that going to work? Yeah, it's, it can be done, but you know, I, I hadn't even heard of any kind of a cargo bike before. I didn't know that was a thing. You know, I'd been in a bikes for 10 years at this point. I didn't, I had no idea. But we see these like front load cargo bikes all over the place. You go to Copenhagen. Uh, well, first, like literally 24% of families in Copenhagen own a bike like this. So they are on every street corner. They're all over the place. That is what it's incredible. And, you know, uh, I would hope one day we can see such common use here decades from now. But I just, you know, okay, well, I'm going to get one of those. That's a problem for me. You know, I come back to the U.S. But I didn't really find one to buy other than like importing one for like a high cost from. Europe or something that seemed kind of complicated. I was like, ah, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on this right now, you know. But I was looking for a move from, you know, a career move. Uh, I was spending so much time at school being a music teacher, and I thought, you know, I want more control over my life, where I can spend more time with my family, prioritize them, versus spending all of my life teaching band before and after school and going to football games and marching band practice and all the stuff involved with being a band teacher, you know. So, and I had been running other businesses on the side, other online businesses, e-commerce, et cetera. So it wasn't a foreign concept to me to selling things on the internet, but it's like, hey, well, let's give this a you know, whirl. In the worst case, nobody wants these bikes and I end up with like a prototype that I can enjoy for myself. <laughs> You're like, worst case, I'll use it and I'll ride it around and that's the end of it. But obviously that's not where it ended. No, it's uh, no. actually, I, I learned quite uh, right away that I was not the only one who had been to Europe and had seen the bikes and had been looking for the bikes. And really, as soon as I an Instagram, like I was getting bombarded with people who were like, do you have a website? Can, can we buy these? It's like, I'm just riding a bike around, but <laughs> we can figure that out. So <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, it grew very organic. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say when it grows just naturally and organically and it's like, it was just something you wanted to do. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, I want to do that too. <laughs> Where do I get one of these? That's great. Right. And so I mean, starting, any, starting a bike company, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, there's a lot of things that can go wrong and it, and there were a lot of challenges in the beginning. So I kind of eased into it. Like how can we limit the risk and kind of just, you know, make sure the demand is there before investing in years of, of R and D and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and all like, how can we just test the market, find out what do people want in a bike like this? Let's get some bikes in people's hands, get some feedback, small batches, iterate, improve until we get to a point at which we're, with a with a product and uh, which is where we are today now that things are kind of streamlining and starting to take off and you know that we're seeing more and more adoption and even other companies starting to enter the space as well which i think is great it's a, exposure for the whole category i think the, the rising tide here is lifting all the boats e-bikes in general but also just specifically the cargo bike category 
every bike on the street, whether it's ours or competitors or another brand, it's like awareness that this kind of bike lifestyle exists and is an option for people and it gets people thinking. And, and maybe my favorite thing about this bike versus maybe another bike or like riding my road bike around is the positive reactions it gets out of people. You know, when I ride, you know, my road bike and I'm on a country road and I'm blocking this two lane road and cars can't get around me, you know, I get some, some irritated people, you know, I get some not so kind gestures, but universally when I'm riding this cargo bike around, I've got my kids up front. It is the complete opposite reaction. I can be blocking traffic and I'm just getting smiles and waves as people go around me. They just look like they're turning their necks to get a second look or they're yelling things out like, Hey, can I get a ride? That looks awesome or whatever. Like it's this really positive kind of thing. So for even people who aren't bikers and they're just driving, Hey, that's a pretty cool thing that you have there. And uh, it just, I think it's expanding people's minds to what's possible as far as transportation goes. You know, it doesn't have to be the car, the minivan with the car seats and everything else. Like that's not the only way you can transport your family from A to B, especially in a narrow radius of your home, you know, to the two, the two to three mile range. Like there are other ways you can do it. I think it's an advocate for just biking as a whole. It just says, hey, like this is possible, right? And gets people thinking. So I see that you've got uh, on your website at the moment, there's kind of like four main models and correct me if I'm saying anything wrong here. What was the first one like? What did you first introduce? So it was the original. So I, the, what I saw was just completely unavailable in the market was this three-wheel cargo trike style. Like that you just couldn't find anything like that. So it's like, okay, well, we're going to start with that. And so the original, it's basically yeah, one wheel in the back, two wheels in front, the box in the front, two benches for the four kids. Um, we started with that. And kind of as we you know, we were doing business, we started to see maybe some sub-segments of customers who were asking for certain things. So like we introduced the K9, which is basically the same bike, but we swapped out the front panel for a door. So like, you know, your big dog can jump in, so you don't have to like kind of carry them and put them in. If it's like a 80, 90 pound dog, they can jump in the bike themselves. We've got some, you know, dog-friendly accessories like a, like a, like a pad and um, like a place to mount like a leash clip. Uh, and then we have the preschool, which is the same bike as well with a different box on the front. And this was, and it's a bigger box that you could seat up to six kids. And the idea here was uh, inspired by uh, what I saw in Europe, which was these outdoor preschools and learning centers. You'd see three teachers on three bikes biking a class full of children to the park or the playground or the school or wherever. I thought that is so cool. And to my knowledge, just our bike is the first and, and only that's been available in North America for that purpose. And it's been cool to see like schools literally doing just that, like buying three or four bikes. And now they're like this very visible thing in the community where they're able to get the kids out and about in a way that wasn't possible before, you know, for the kind of like the small to medium sized uh, center or school, like buying vans is prohibitively expensive. And there's a lot of regulation that's prohibitive around that as well oh yeah driving and driving kids around and <laughs> all sorts of stuff i bet i think we're a long ways off from seeing uh congress passing cargo bike uh regulations and laws and stuff so you know it kind of skirts around that but you're also traveling at slower speed you're typically taking paths and residential streets and so you know it's not the same proposition as putting a bunch of kids in a in a van going down the highway or something or there's right. like real i have no immediate need for like a cargo bike that fits six kids because i got two kids they do have a lot of cousins though 
but I want one just because I think they're so cool. But I'm like, I don't know what I would actually use it for personally because of where I live in our particular commute being quite a long distance. But I'm like, ah, but I, I wish I had one just because they look like a ton of fun. And I know my kids would love it. Anytime I ever put them on any sort of e-bike, they love it. <laughs> so I've always loved these things. Oh man, it, it, it is a lot of fun, but no, you it, it is not a bike that you necessarily want to do like regular, really long commutes. Yeah, the motor is great and you're not going to get that tired, but it's still a big bike and you're not going to be riding it as fast as you will, you know, an e-bike. So it's a little more cumbersome to go longer distances. Not everybody who buys it has six kids. They might have three or four, which would fit in the other bike, but you're using all of the available space in the other bike to get those kids. So if you want to bring along like a cooler or backpacks or other stuff, you get pretty crammed in the other bike when you, you know, start pushing three kids and beyond. So we have some children, families that have three to four children and they just want the extra kind of space. Or we even have families with six children, literally. And, you know, we had somebody even on social media post yesterday, like, Somebody asked, you know, commented on my bike at the park and said, it must be so great for your daycare. And she's like, I don't have a daycare. <laughs> <laughs> this is my family. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I think uh, regardless, what what we definitely could use this for, right now we've got a couple of bikes that sometimes will run packages over to like the UPS place around the corner with. And, you know, we kind of strap things on here and there. We don't have, you know, the Bach feet style bike with the box in the front, which would be the perfect bike for that thing. I admit I don't have one yet. So who knows? Maybe you'll convince me that we need to to get one soon by the end of this because I've been eyeballing them for years. But, you know, like you, when I first started looking, they didn't really exist. And I kind of left it at that, whereas you took it a step further, <laughs> went a different direction with things. But Right. And well, I just because I think because I was the primary target market for this, I just got so excited about the idea of it and just wanted to have one for myself. And I was in a period of my life of transition where I was looking for the next thing. So it kind of things aligned to where I wanted to do it. But what gets me the most excited about this is it's getting people on bikes that previously didn't have a good way to do that. You know, like if you've got three or four young kids, it's a pretty risky proposition getting everybody on bikes and trying to like watch all four of them in the streets and in traffic. It's like, you know, I got two kids and I managed that and that's tough enough, but to be able to do something together all as a family and this environmentally friendly kind of fun way to experience and travel your neighborhood and the kids are in front. So you can have this conversation the whole time. It's this very relaxed kind of uh, fun vibe that mom with six kids. Has she ever been on a bike ride with a family before having this? Like, I don't know. I don't know how possible it would have been or a teenager with you know, special needs, never been able to ride a bike. Now can put that child in the bike and maybe even some siblings. And now they can all enjoy something together, you know, the same way and not having to modify you know, something for that child. Like, you know, so we have quite a few customers who that, you know, this is the first time they've ever been able to bike with their child because they have some sort of special needs or mobility challenges. And now you got my my gears turning because we have uh, my kids are currently about seven and nine, so they're old enough that they're riding their own bikes on two wheels. But right across the road from us is a park, and within the last couple of years, they have started building out trails at the park. So they have a pump track, so the kids can go ride around that, and it's all really cool. But the problem is there's a highway between me and the park. <laughs> and so I am comfortable riding my bike and waiting and crossing the highway, staying on the shoulder 
And and once you get to a certain point, there's actually a paved bike path to get the rest of the way to the park. Most of the way, my kids could do it, but there's this highway section where I'm like, mm, they're not quite ready for that yet. You know, maybe a few more years, but maybe, you know, one of these, like the, <laughs> I could get there because I would be riding and I'd be totally fine being the one making the decisions. I got to throw my kids in, throw both their bikes in the, the bus model and, and off we go. And once we get part way, they can hop out and ride, you know, on the bike path that's off the road. No, that's exactly it. And that's, that's exactly what we do. Cause you know, my children, because I've been so enthusiastic about bikes, of course I got them in biking as soon as they could walk, right? Like here's the balance bike. Okay. Now here's the, like the pedal one they're, they're riding away before they're three. And mm-hmm. so, you know, my daughter is six, but she's incredibly confident in traffic and roads and everything. Like, but would I take her under a highway? No, but like they can both ride with me, my six and my four year old. The other thing it's great for those, like they can handle, both of them can handle that two to three mile ride to the park on these residential streets, but then they're going to go play for an hour and a half. <laughs> now they're yeah. completely worn out. And they're not going to want to ride back home. <laughs> so typically, you know, if they're feeling up to it, that we'll all ride together and then I'm carting everybody back home. And, uh, and so it's like the ride as much as you want or as little as you want, but the option's always there. And when you get tired, you know, so it kind of avoids the negative experience of, I really don't want to ride my bike, but I have no other choice. and I'm going to slug it. So, you know, it's always a positive experience. I'm, I'm riding my bike. I'm loving it. Oh, now I'm riding a dad's bike. You know, it's like, it's, it's fun either way. So it's totally how, how we're using it here. So which of the models are you using for that? So I actually use the canine because I've got two big labs as well. And so one of our favorite places to go is the, uh, the park two miles north of us that has a dog park right next to it. So I'll actually put the two kids in. I'll put the two labs in front of them and we're like fully loaded in this thing and we'll go ride. And it's like a, you know, it's, it's farther than I would want to walk the dogs. Cause it's like a two mile walk. It's like, that's, that's almost the entire walk. And then we got to walk back and then we got to play. So I actually love putting the dogs in there because then they can go run to their heart's content, whatever. We go stop over at the playground, ride back. Everyone just had a fun time, you know, and we weren't like slogging home in the Dallas heat you know, on a long walk, you know, out on the sidewalk. So, and also, you know, the dog's feet, you know, it's like walking on concrete, really kind of impossible to do uh, in the Texas summer, you know, you're going to hurt their feet. So being able to put them in the bike, ride to the grassy park, dog park, run around, get your exercise, put them in the bike, ride them back. We're not getting mud in the back of the car, just in the bike. So that's our favorite way to get around. Cool. Well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Got to make sure my kids don't listen to this episode. (laughs) because <laughs> they they would be like yes they would they would want it immediately i know they would but i haven't shown it to them i admit probably on purpose because i know they would they would love it and have a ton of fun with it i'll have to think about that a little bit more well awesome so what would you say is the most uh popular model that you're selling is it the original you first came out with yeah it is the original so like we're a family company we still primarily target family and that's the main use case the other things that i've mentioned they're called kind of tangential to it but they're built off of the same kind of base. So, but yeah, the original is, it's it's mainly family uses and it's a bike that fits into their daily life. For some people, it's, you know, maybe a recreational vehicle, but for most people, it's like, this is a daily use thing. Like this, you've got your kind of structured routine around school and groceries and errands and sports and whatever. And this bike fits in right into it to where you're using it for these local things. You're skipping that school pickup line. You're not having to wait and all the traffic in the cars at school, you just ride right up to the sidewalk and you pick them up and you ride home. So 
this is what like people are using every day. So it's you know, the primary use case is, is family. So the original for sure is what we're selling the most. Absolutely. And then I see the the coupe. It looks like that's a a narrower model, so a little bit slimmer for people that don't need quite as much room, but want to. Says it fits through a standard doorway, so that's pretty cool. Um, which I'm assuming the other three probably do not. <laughs> right. So so it's got a couple trade offs. So one is like so it's an up, our updated design style, but it's uh, it does solve a problem, which is people were not able to fit it into a door. Like say they don't have. Or they don't have a garage. Maybe they live in an apartment or something in New York. It's like they need to put it inside or they need to put it in a basement or something like that. The other bike, it won't fit into anything except the most wide of doors. That's kind of the trade-off. You get a lot of storage space, but it's not easy to transport and store. This one kind of solves that with being narrower, fits through those doors. But the trade-off is you, you're really only going to put two kids in here versus the four on the other. Right. Okay. And everything is electric and always has been electric. Did you ever do cargo bikes that weren't electric in the beginning or did you do that from the get-go? Yeah, no, we did test it. And for a while we had the option either or. And what I actually found was that a lot of people would, you know, get a bike three months later, ask us like, hey, like, can we buy like the electric parts and put them on? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, like maybe they were attracted by cost. Like, hey, this is a cheaper way to get into it. And if we don't like it, we can always add the electric later. And this is like a debate people were always like having. And most of the time I was electric because, you know, I spent one of the summers in Europe riding one of these bikes without a motor. Couldn't do it. It's doable, at least with my two kids. But what I found is it limited the range that I was willing to go. If it was within a mile, no brainer, I'll take it. Uh, if we're going to the beach three miles away, I'm, I'm doing this like inner debate. Like I want to go to the beach or not. Cause that's a long way to pedal this thing. I can yeah. do it if I really wanted to, but I'm going to get pretty sweaty. It's like you have to like do this debate. But with the electric, there's never a debate. You're going to get on the bike and take the bike every time because it's, it's easy, you know, and you're going to go farther. You're going to go further. You're going to use it more. You're going to get more use out of that investment. And so this is what I was telling people. And, you know, we, we, we had actually non-electric bikes sitting on the shelf for a long time because people just, I think it was just an intimidating idea. And the people who were buying it, it was primarily like a fitness motivation. Like they really wanted to get in shape and this was like a way to do that. And they were like gung-ho, like, no, I only want the non-electric, no motor for me. And so they would do that. But for most people, I think this bike really makes the most sense with the electric. I don't think it makes sense without it. And so we, we actually have removed that option. We no longer have it. Okay. Well, fair enough. I have only ever offered electric bikes. And people ask me that question. So I was curious how that uh, happened with you. And it makes perfect sense that the electric version is... In my opinion, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but <laughs> I would think given the option, most people after riding it for a few weeks, months, days, whatever it is, they're going to be like, yeah, the electric version is is worth it versus the standard one. Just makes a lot more sense. Absolutely. And it, unless you live in a really small, like maybe you live in a really small beach town or vacation home and like you're only riding it like a quarter mile like to the beach or the strand or whatever maybe the non-electric works, but if you're doing any sort of like heavy use on this thing, fitting it into your daily routine, you know, cause with kids, things happen. Not, not everything always goes according to plan. And so, you know, if the kids take, Hey, they're refusing to put on their shoes today or whatever. It's like you get out the door 10 minutes later, you're really going to want to be hustling on that non-electric cargo bike. It's like, no, you don't want to do that. You know? So the electric's the only way to go in my opinion especially just because of the weight and the size and everything. Uh, it's, it's a no-brainer. Awesome. Now, I also see you have, it looks like one thing that's new coming out soon, 
that you're working on. That's a slightly different design. The Connect model it says summer of 2021. So it sounds like that could be any time now. Yeah, coming soon. I'm going to leave the details mostly to what's on this this page on our website because I don't want to reveal too much. Just kind of collecting some interest here, but. This is our electric conversion kit product, and you can see from the picture, or all the, I guess it'll describe for listeners, it's uh, basically a front load cargo bike where the front, it's on two wheels, and the front wheels up in front of the box. So kind of a classic boxy, it's sort of long jong style, this is sometimes referred to, but the, the product's actually a conversion kit to where um, you can actually take this attachment system and convert any bike you have, say in your garage, and you can convert it in about 10 minutes into an electric cargo bike. The whole kit, everything's contained electric front wheel. You attach it at the uh, front fork and the bottom bracket, you know, with a patented attachment mechanism and you're good to go. And because of that, it's, it's going to be a more affordable way for people to be able to get into this cargo bike lifestyle. All right. That looks pretty cool. I like the look of that. Is there any uh, specific type of bike fork or any limitations on what that will or won't work on? Or is it going to be pretty flexible? It's going to fit most things. There's still some things TBD on the technical side. The way that we're doing this is we're actually going to launch on a crowdfund. Uh, we have a functional prototype, but as far as manufacturing and stuff, there's still some things to iron out in the long term. So we will be launching on crowdfund soon, and then kind of more details and stuff will be revealed at that time. Yeah, coming soon. Awesome. Well, definitely be keeping an eye on that one as well, because uh, I have plenty of bikes around that could uh, be converted <laughs> to a cargo bike. That could certainly be an option too. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the idea is it's, it's going to be fairly quick to convert back and forth. So, you know, say you wanted to use it for a certain time, but you wanted to convert it back into a bike for whatever reason, like it's fairly simple to go back and forth between the two. For, yeah. And that's what I'm like a 10 minute kind of job. Yeah. 10 minutes doesn't sound too bad at all. Like I have a, a mountain bike that I keep at home. You know, it's not an electric bike to have something like this on hand and go to the park across the street with my kids some days and then, oh, I'm going to go for a mountain bike ride on the weekend, you know, without having to buy one or both of the other, that, that could be a good option. I like it. Right. And then also another benefit is like once you've got the kit installed, it's actually easily collapsible. So, you know, in 60 seconds, you could break it down to put it in the back of your, your car for transport. The downside of our other bikes is like, you're not taking it apart. Like there's no way to really do that easily so like transporting the bike is a big challenge it's great for riding around your area you want to take it on a trip or somewhere you're pretty much limited to like maybe the back of a minivan or a pickup truck or pulling a trailer or renting a u-haul trailer something like that this is like yes it's a slightly smaller box but it is collapsible and you can transport it which is kind of a challenge with this type of front load cargo bicycle well for anybody who can't picture what these look like you definitely have to go to their website, bunchbike.com, and take a look at how these front-load basket-type bikes are. You know, If you've seen them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, which I think probably a lot of people in the U.S. still have no idea what these are, definitely go check them out because they're, they're pretty cool. And I, I see there's so much utility with something like this to just replace a car for kids, grocery store trips, dogs, whatever it is. They look like a lot of fun. And I don't have one yet, but like I said, who knows? But that, that might change one day soon. You're exactly right. It's, it is definitely a car replacement. And 
our family, like we have never had two cars. And I've also never felt inconvenienced by that fact. Like we use our car, like if we're going to say go visit the in-laws house 40 miles away on the other side of Dallas, we'll take the car. But for like 95% of the things we do on the regular daily basis, it's all within a bikeable distance. And so that car sits in the driveway most of the time. Yeah, and you don't need it. Certainly we never need a second car. You know, if we're traveling somewhere, we're typically all going together. We both work in a distance that's bikeable from our house. So like we don't really have that need. So for us, it very much is a replacement for having a second vehicle. We're still going to keep the primary for the longer trips and the family visits. And if we go camping on some far out place or whatever, but for the city life, like the bike gets it done. This is all really cool. Before we start wrapping things up here, there's one last thing I got to ask you about because it's on your website <laughs> and it's uh, mentioned, uh, you know, in some of these email information, things I got from Jessica and stuff. And that was that you were the first electric bike company to be on Shark Tank. I'm very curious because I love that show and watching it. I'm very curious to hear what that experience was like and what that did for you. Shark Tank was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Going into it, you know that it's going to be a huge exposure for you and your business. But you also know that it's that, that experience is going to follow you around the rest of your life, whether it goes well or it goes poorly. <laughs> and so good point. I spent most of last year kind of preparing and getting ready to have everything together for that show. And so I actually, you know, all summer, I just was watching nothing but Shark Tank trying to like study up and okay, writing down the questions that they ask all the business owners. Okay, I got to have answers to every one of these questions, get the flashcards out, studying. And, and it was kind of unique with, uh, with last year with the, uh, with the pandemic because they had all these protocols in place that made the filming and the process unique to where I, you know, I had to, like I, I went out there by myself, had a bikes in the van, but then I had to quarantine in a hotel for like 14 days like just by myself in a hotel room, room service three times a day, can't leave the room or go anywhere or go for a bike ride or like get the jitters out. I'm like, you know, it was just being in like solitary confinement, right? <laughs> I just, by day 10, I'm just like scratching up. That just seems like it's adding so much pressure that you're waiting two weeks just for that presentation. Well, that it seemed... <laughs> was, and, you know, going out there, I had it in my head. I'm not going to do much work. I'm just going to you know, take it easy and prepare and get ready. And like none of that happened. I just spent the whole time being anxious. And I by day ten, I was about ready to like walk out and go home. But I can't do this. But you know, I I sucked it up, went out there, and because you know, really, what I was most excited about was the exposure that not only our company would have, but just the America would have to the cargo bike concept and even the electric bike concept. Period. Five million people watch every episode. That's a big percentage of the, of the country, right? Whether or not they're in the market for the bike, yes, yes, we had increased sales afterwards, which was awesome. But there's a lot of people who now know that this thing exists and it's a slightly less weird thing the next time they see it. So kind of going one step closer to normalizing a bicycle culture uh, you know, in our country um, by just having that kind of mass media exposure is what I was most excited about. And for those that haven't seen or, or looked at any of the, the results of that, I mean, how did that go? How, what was it like actually being in the, in the shark tank? It's not actually often I get to ask somebody these kind of questions. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask it. <laughs> yeah, no, you can ask anything. It was a very unique experience because you see these larger than life personalities on TV. Right. And then you go out there and like, they're just like real people in front of you. And I don't know, it was just like having a, like a, 
normal business conversation with like my friends or something, you know, yeah, they're asking me questions, but they're more curious than anything. And they were really, really excited about the bike and the concept. And uh, most of the footage that they cut out that didn't make it to air was them talking about how much they love the idea of the bike. And uh, Kevin O'Leary was like, oh my gosh, when we were in Florida, like we could have used this to get groceries and go down to the market. Like, oh, this would have been awesome. I thought he was going to like buy a bike right there on the spot. Like, he was so <laughs> into it. But they cut all that out because Shark Tank, you know, it's about, they got to put the drama in there. So they kind of just went straight to the drama. But Oh yeah. And you have this, I've heard it's like an hour long thing and then you get five minutes of it. So it's really, really condensed down. They cut it way down. You know, it's, at the end of the day, it's about making good, interesting TV that's fun to watch. And, you know, you, you kind of try to build these producers, build these story arcs where, you know, we had a good outcome. We had a Barbara Corcoran, who's, you know, a bike enthusiast. And I knew this going into the show. She's invested in other bike companies that have been on the show. And she likes to ride her bike in uh, Central Park in New York. So she was the most excited about it. She actually ended up investing in the company. But because we had that like good outcome, like they kind of started with all like the contentious stuff in the beginning. You're like, oh no, it's not going to work out for him. And then you get all surprised. Oh my gosh, happy ending. It did. So, you know, just kind of building the drama. But what was kind of a, a first in Shark Tank history, this is unique, was that actually, uh, Robert Herjavec, who was not on my panel, he was not on like six stars, sharks that they rotate through. They always have five out there. Robert was not on the panel, but he actually heard about the deal. He actually came in behind the scenes after the fact and split the investment with Barbara because he was like kind of so enthusiastic about the product. So that was kind of a first. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that hasn't happened before. And, you know, so he's actually got a bike now. He's riding his bike. He's got two uh, two year old twins. So, He's like kind of the, the target customer. So we got the investment, kind of helped with the challenges of this year and supply chain and inventory. Like, oh, yeah. uh, it really helped even some of that out for us. So that's been crucial. And just getting some advice on just, you know, kind of bigger picture challenges and things that we're just dealing with year after year um, as things just, you know, it's just one unexpected turn of events after another. And maybe one day things will even out, but we'll see. Well, that's that's awesome, and I, I'm glad that all worked out that way for you. For anybody listening, see e-bikes, cargo e-bikes—they're all really good. You even got uh, multiple sharks from Shark Tank going in on it. I mean, I think those are all good signs <laughs> for the the industry as a whole. Right, and that's that's what I was just most happy for is like you know whether you buy a bunch bike or not, whether it's the right thing for your family or you now know, hey, what's an electric? Maybe people saw, hey, what's an electric bike? I don't know. I'm going to go Google that. What, like, what does that even mean? You know, it's just more exposure. And as the years go by, more and more uh, people will kind of adopt this lifestyle. And I, I saw a really interesting study just put out by, by Bosch uh, last week that was you know, they're predicting in Europe anyways, the study was European, that by 2025, half of all bicycle sales are going to be electric. And I'm just really excited about that possibility and that future. And, you know, we'll see if the same trends follow in the U.S., but that's kind of shocking to me, like how fast and how how much that's escalating. Yeah, it's crazy to think that half of the bikes somewhere could be electric one day. I mean, we know it's moving that direction, but over the last few years, it's been such a small percentage. To see it grow to those numbers is going to be really interesting because I, I'm sure you get this all the time too. It's just. Most people don't even know what an e-bike is, and if they do, they've never ridden one. It's the average person still doesn't know what it is. I think that's where we're at right now. Exactly, and that's just what I was going to say. Like none of my friends have been on an e-bike. You know, like they don't know what that even means. 
But once you get on it, you get it. It makes sense. Oh my God, like this is what I was missing. And you got to get one. Like I'm actually trying to find an e-bike that I can ride. You know, I'm, I'm a six, seven, I'm really tall. I'm beyond the height scales of oh, wow. just about every bike manufacturer. Even uh, the only even road bikes I can find are like old, like 1980s Cannondales and stuff. So yeah, I, I tried to get a rad power bike. It's like, it's like a six, four, maybe I can ride it, but I couldn't. Yeah. It sounds like you, you definitely got to talk to David over at Dirty Sixer Bikes. He's the guy for you. I know, and I did, and they're like, they're like completely out of stock. It's like okay, but I mean, I, I am familiar with them. But that's the challenge of being a tall guy. But I, you know, so there's still people who want to ride bikes that can't. You know, I'm one of them. So as hopefully there's more and more mass adoption, you'll see more companies kind of just filling out the categories that are missing. You know, yeah. lunch bikes for families, and you've got bikes for deliveries, and everything that's starting to happen in the B2B commercial space. Bikes for tall guys, bikes for short people. Like we got to get everybody on e bike. So. <laughs> yeah, there are there are definitely some some categories for electric bikes that I know are missing because I have people email me saying, "Hey, do you have a bike that fits these requirements for me?" And I'm like, "Not only sorry, do I not have something, but I don't even know of anything that fits you know that specific niche." I was like, "Somebody could probably start an entirely new e bike business that just caters this or that." You know, there's. I definitely agree. There's things that haven't even been started yet that are coming. Right. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see that in the next five years is like as kind of the main categories are dominated by, you know, your bigger players, your, your rad powers, specializes, the bigger companies in the space, you'll start to see people who want to get in on the bike boom, niching down, finding the niche that they can serve, starting new companies to kind of fill that out. And maybe not just in bikes, but in the whole ecosystem, maybe we'll start to see charging ports that can plug into bike racks or you know, things like that to like kind of accommodate the whole ecosystem. I think I think we'll start to see more and more investment, more and more new companies popping up in e-bikes and just in micro mobility, just in general. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Well, awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, Aaron. I think this has been enlightening. I always learn something new. <laughs> I know people listening always. Uh, learn things new. And, and uh, those that are guests on the podcast may not get all of the same feedback that I do, but hopefully they usually get a, some visits and some calls and different things. But people are always saying you know, how much they appreciate uh, the guests that are on the podcast, how much they learn the information you share. So uh, once again, I just have to thank you for your, for your time because it's, it's been enlightening. Like I said, I always learn something just as much, I think, as, as everybody else that's out there listening. Totally. And thanks for having me on. And one last time, where can people go if they either want to check out Bunch Bikes, uh, maybe they want to see one online, in person, what do you recommend they do? Yeah, sure. Our website, bunchbikes.com, social media, at Bunch Bikes on all those platforms. Or if you have Hulu, go watch Shark Tank, uh, season 12, <laughs> episode 18, 19, uh, one of those, it's on there. So <laughs> um, go check it out. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I uh, appreciate having you. And to everybody listening, thank you once again for listening to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. If for some reason by now you're not on our email list, make sure to go over to ebikepodcast.com. That's where you can sign up for a newsletter where you just get emails about new podcast episodes. And also, if you have any ideas for future guests or if you yourself might make a good guest, make sure to reach out to us and hopefully we can have you on the show. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Once again, this is the Bolton E-Bikes Podcast. Podcast.